When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the first 2023 edition of the Woke Bros. Of course, I'm your co-host, Big Waz, a.k.a. Wazzy Lambre, and I'm joined by my brother, Nando Vila. What's going on, big man? Ah, just excited for 2023, dude. Can you believe Can you believe 1993 was 30 years ago? It's, it's insane. It's inconceivable. Well, 2003 was 20 years ago? So 1993 is definitely the year that I became sentient because I was five back then. Like I remember my kindergarten teacher's name and I remember what street I lived on. Like I remember life as a five-year-old in 1993. Um, 2003 just literally just feels like yesterday. Uh, It feels like yesterday, dude. (laughs) It just feels like yesterday. Like I was a... A high schooler, just a, just a young punk obsessed with basketball, rap, girls. So, in other words, nothing's really changed. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but no, man, 2003 just seems like yesterday. And um, what's funny is next month, like around my birthday, is the 20th anniversary of Get Rich or Die Try and 50 Cent's like ridiculously successful yeah. album of course he's a queens native i was living in queens at the time when that was happening i was just like it's been 20 years since that explosion happened which is just crazy but yeah happy new year to everybody watching the show um you know happy holidays hope you guys enjoy yourself we're obviously we were on a hiatus but we're super happy to be back um the world cup is over premier league has finally started back um, but yeah, we we ain't we ain't off of the soccer news yet, guys. We're we're, we're still no. getting into soccer and the just messy, juicy pettiness of the U.S. men's national team. That like the fallout from the World Cup continues. Um, backstabbing, gossiping, snitch—it's crazy. We're gonna get into that um, and what the ramifications of that might be. But first, we got to talk about GOP dysfunction. We really do that kind of show up here because, honestly, yeah. Nando, the GOP, they kind of move in lockstep. Like, yeah. they don't really have this kind of thing happen in a meaningful way. You'll see every now and again, oh, Trump, you know, he backed one GOP guy instead of another in a primary. Or, yeah. you know, you'll see some little baby backfighting and infighting, but... What they're doing to Kevin McCarthy's bid to try to get the speakership of the House with their narrow-ass margin and majority uh, is freaking hilarious. And to be clear, by the time you guys hear this on Thursday, they might have resolved this and Kevin McCarthy might be in by now. But the point still stands. At last checked, it's been six votes and this guy has come up 20 votes short 
uh, with a group of, you know, these guys are calling themselves hardline, real Republican right wingers led by Matt Gates, who's like under investigation for statutory rape or something like that. Um, he's the one leading the charge. And uh, it's just it's crazy, Nando. It's it's crazy because we have to explain to folks that like there's no other path like they have no path to actually bringing forth a candidate that they like. Right. Like they don't have yeah. the votes for it. No candidate exists that's going to, you know, sort of backstab the party establishment and go against McCarthy and make this into like a legitimate civil war. Um, they're just doing this because they don't fuck with him and they don't like him. They made him give up these ridiculous concessions around chasing Joe Biden's kids dick around in a committee <laughs> or like all kinds of stupid shit. They're just doing this. <laughs> To give him lashes, Nando. Like, what is the other explanation behind this? I mean, I think I think you're right to point out that it's purely superficial. I mean, I was just thinking while you were talking about the difference between the Dems and the GOP. And it's funny because the GOP is ideologically more coherent than the yeah. Dems, right? Um, but they're stylistically more, in, you know, disparate. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yes, and in this, in this, to, in this like, to 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 um explain that to people, like Nancy Pelosi and AOC are allegedly from both different wings of the party, but like their affect and, and their approach the is the same. Yes. you know, um, like, and, and 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 the difference between Nancy Pelosi, like say Nancy Pelosi, to put a good example, is like a conservative Dem and AOC. You know, AOC like would probably call herself a socialist, right? Like, you know, yeah. like what's yeah. you know what I mean? Like whether we have our criticisms of her or whatever, but like ideologically, like her and Nancy Pelosi are like, you know, but because the Dems are so obsessed with decorum and mm -hmm. politeness yep. and shit like that, you know, which again is a probably an effect to discipline, you know, people like AOC. Um and the fact that AOC buys into that is probably for the worse. But um the fact is that that they're kind of like part of this little club in which they all have to be nice to each other. And the GOP, there is no difference between, there is no real difference between, I don't know, who's the most conservative Republican, you know, whatever. What does that I mean, even mean these days? Like, like Huckabee type? Like, what does it mean to yeah, be the most conservative? It doesn't make it, it doesn't mean anything. You know what I mean? So, like, they agree on basically everything, but they're mad about all kinds of culture war bullshit stylistic mm -hmm. issues that don't make any difference and they're more willing to be kind of rambunctious about it and to to yell at each other in a way that the dems are not which again like this speaker fight is hilarious it's uh, just funny but, but it's really funny um it's not gonna do it's not gonna mean much from a actual hard policy standpoint like there's no they're not asking for any consent it's not like they're saying like oh Wait, you, know, you said uh, not mean much from hard policy. Let's be clear. They're not asking for any policy stuff. They, they've they asked for, again, um, they, they claim they want to investigate Hunter Biden. They might want to impeach Joe Biden. They uh, they claim to want to investigate the FBI and CIA. The you know check the investigate the investigators. Basically, some Trump type of shit. Um, what was the last thing? Oh, they said they want to they want to investigate Nancy Pelosi's tax returns, which do it. I want to. <laughs> but yeah, it's not. They're not talking about yo. If you do this, we want you to bring up like privatization of Social Security in the House, or we want you to do this. We like they. 
it's none of that. But none of that. You know, it brings up it brings up an interesting point because I think what politics has become, you know, and what people who are obsessed with politics, like the people who are like watching MSNBC or Fox News all day, what politics has become is not a fight over resources or no. you know the structures of capital, uh, you know, capital versus labor. It's not about like any meaningful policy thing. It's barely even about some of the social issues anymore about, like, you know, but it's more about like when we're in power, when our team is in power, how much, how effectively or aggressively are we going to use our state power to punish the people I don't like the libs, you know, yeah. and in the libs, like what they want to do is like do the same thing to conservatives. Right. That was like, that was one of the provocations of, uh, of that show, the Watchmen, you know, mm-hmm. did you see that show on HBO? Of course. It was like, what would the, the Damon Lindelof, who's a kind of squishy lib. He took the thought <laughs> process of like, what if the squishy libs like me took over the state and we just like punished the, the right wingers, the racists and the, you know, that we don't like. You know, and, and we instituted a kind of liberal um, dictatorship. You know what I mean? Like, that's what politics has become. Like, he, he understood kind of what politics is now and just took it to an extreme. Um, and then, that's what it is. It's like, oh, we're in power now and you're not uh, fucking harassing uh, Hunter Biden every day. Uh, you're not doing to, a good job know, of it. Yeah. You're not doing a good job. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't affect anyone's life. Like, Hunter Biden's story is kind of tr- sad, tragic, probably also corrupt. I mean, like, the, the Ukraine shit is super corrupt. But... It doesn't affect us in any in any meaningful way. Like, it doesn't affect anyone in any meaningful way. Um, and the, the fact that that's like what they're obsessed with, it just means like we don't like them because they're on the other team. How can we punish them the most? Yeah, and again, I think what's important to watch this one because they are legitimately like they are cucking the hell out of Kevin McCarthy, right? Like they are legitimately embarrassing this dude. Like for their own enjoyment, it seems like that's a one. And what it says about our politics today to just a point that the point that Nando was making about the parties and the styles, right? The Democrats on the one hand in their coalition is a lot more heterogeneous, meaning it's a bunch of people from different races, different backgrounds, um, different income distribution on the, you know, the, the tax brackets and all of that. Like it's legitimately a diverse coalition. Um, so it's hard to wrangle the different interests, if you will, a lot of times, right? Like people like me and Nando might be like, yo, we need to expand the shit out of social security, Medicaid for all, blah, 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 all of that. Where like a lot of these Democrats, like it's proven, like they don't really give a fuck about that shit. Like it's just obvious. Like a lot of Democrats don't care too much about that, right? Whereas the Republicans, it's like 90% white, mostly on the upper distribution of the tax bracket. So it's just like there's nothing like these people have they know what they want, you know. For the yeah. most part, the constituencies, and there's some, of course, there's some differences when you talk about rural people and you know, certain uneducated whites or whatever you want to say. But the Democrats literally have people with college degrees, without black, white, Latin, Asian, you name it. All of it is there. The Republicans are just a bunch of white people. 
um, who mostly are well off, right? Like that's just basically what it is. But their representatives are just like they have to act muscular. And I'm, you know, Kevin McCarthy is a he's a rhino. He's a Republican in name only. Like what? Like show me this like this this diversity of Republican that like nobody can show you this person not as like a politician or really a voter. No, it's it's really wild. I mean, it's it's really funny, and people are glued to their television because politics has become a kind of a reality. It's good theater, like a, you know, yeah. like a true Truman Show type situation. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it's just an ongoing kind of thing. Um, and uh, but it is kind of funny. I mean, Kevin McCarthy, who fucking sucks. You know, yeah. he's from like around. He, he represents a, a district around here, kind of like uh, the Inland Empire, which is mm. just like shitty. You know, like that's yeah. just that's, that's sorry, like Inland Empire never... people who are listening. Sorry, yeah, yeah, uh, Riverside sorry. folks, I mean, I mean, but feel, yeah, it's not great. I feel like people who are from the Inland Empire know it's kind of demonic. Yeah, you know, in a yeah, certain yeah. way, like that yeah. there's just kind of, uh, you know, um, and and he fucking sucks. So it's fun to watch him squirm. I mean, because imagine like it's just like you, you just gotta love watching someone who's just been evil his whole life, working for like a goal to become the speaker <laughs> of the motherfucking house. <laughs> And it's right so, there. It's like he can taste it. <laughs> and, and for the stupidest bullshit, some fucking that fucking guy is standing dicks. in front yeah. of you, bro. Some fucking the guy who he looks like the fucking villain from The Incredibles, Matt Matt Gates. Right. He looks like that that demonic kid from The Incredibles uh, is just standing in his way, just like gleefully going like, "I'm gonna make you fucking squirm for this one." He probably will still get it. I mean. I, I was like talking to some of my friends in the, in my group chat, you know, who are kind of like liberals or whatever. And they're like, you know, I would like to see a uh, Dems cut a deal oh with God, like moderate Jesus Republicans. Christ. And I'm like, if the Democrats Jesus do that, Christ, bro. like this is like, it is one of the options on the table. I still don't believe it'll happen. I mean, again, we, we, this, this is like one of those weird pods where it could, it could have all been resolved by, by tomorrow. But like if the Dems cut a deal, with the Republicans to install Kevin fucking McCarthy as Speaker of the House. They are the most cucked people who have ever lived. It's, like, that it's would be absurd. Just, that would be unforgivable. But, he's flo- but he, you know, he floated that to Matt Geitz and then Matt Gates, whatever the guy's name is, and said, yo, I can get, you know, I can whip up 10 Democratic Party votes that'll save me or whatever, which is a stupid bluff because that would make you look crazy to Republicans. Like, it'll you're cutting... You look, your- it fits their argument perfectly. It makes you look like a fucking rhino. Like, like that is it that would be career suicide on your part like that that's crazy that he would even make that threat but it makes me feel like it's not completely impossible that they could you know extract this this value from the dems and then just tell them to go fuck themselves after because the dems don't know how to negotiate they never know how to use leverage they're always getting fucked over they're probably gonna get what they're gonna negotiate is like five billion dollars more for ukraine of course (laughs) (laughs) of course but but yeah that's it's it's just funny to to watch it again, to just watch it all play out. And the reason why this is also it's also ridiculous because it's like they're the, the the crazies are like negotiating with this guy for like plum seats on committees and and all of that stuff. And like you can't get to the process of you know chasing Hunter Biden's dick down the beltway before like swearing in a speaker of the house. Like you can't do any of your crazy shit before this happens. So it's like they're sort of shooting their nose despite their face too. But that's why this is just kabuki theater and hilarious and ultimately 
kind of meaningless except to say that, you know, oh, just another thing, too, for people to understand. It's like Marjorie Taylor Greene happens to be on board with uh, with um, Kevin McCarthy. Like she cuts it. He cut a deal with her and a couple of people or whatever. But I think this is also a sign that the footsie that the party has been playing with, like the quote unquote lunatic fringe, like. This Frankenstein monster that they've been fucking up, dicking around with since, like, you know, basically Ronald Reagan starts his campaign in Mississippi talking about states' rights. Like, that Frankenstein monster has become sentient, and these people are actually in the fucking United States um, Congress, guys. Like, <laughs> these aren't just people you just yeah, patronize for like, votes anymore. Uh, they like have power think- now. These people think that Joe Biden is like literally doing blood sacrifices uh, <laughs> to demonic occult forces. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you're gonna cut a deal with some Democrats to fucking <laughs> become speaker of the house. But this is like a funny one. This is like a funny little. Uh, this is like one of those things where you just kind of want to watch the chaos continue. Uh, this is a headline from Semaphore, Ben Smith's new new site. House members are worried that the speaker fight is messing with important national security issues. Get this, Waz. This is from the article. House members are worried that the Republican brawl over who will be the next speaker has left them unable to conduct routine national security business since members of the chamber's intelligence committee can't receive briefings involved, involving classified information until the leadership fight is resolved and Congress is fully sworn in. The situation could prevent lawmakers from keeping a careful eye on ongoing issues like the war in Ukraine. Get the fuck out of here. Like, this <laughs> idea that these dudes get these briefings and that's how they save the world is fucking absurd. Yeah. Hello, listener. Guess who's back? It's me, Anthony Mays, your favorite butcher-turned-podcast producer, and I'm here to talk to you about ButcherBox. ButcherBox is the most convenient way to get high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust delivered straight to your doorstep, free shipping, vacuum-sealed packaging. It's ready to go right then. It's ready to pop in the freezer. You get exclusive member deals and a variety of high-quality cuts at an amazing value. Going to the grocery store can be a huge pain. You're usually in a rush at an inconvenient time. You're waiting in line at the meat counter. You're taking a number. Maybe this place doesn't have a number. You're jostling with fellow customers. You're trying to get that ribeye that you want or that nice piece of salmon. Maybe the butcher that you're dealing with has a bad attitude or something. I don't know. That was never me. I promise. But maybe it happens. Butcher Box takes all of that out of the picture. You are always prepared with meat and seafood in the freezer, and you're not going to find quality for this price anywhere else other than ButcherBox. So sign up at butcherbox.com dings, D-I-N-G-S, and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com dings and use code dings, D-I-N-G-S, to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. Yeah. It is Congress absurd. is lucky they even like Congress is lucky they even fucking inform them what the fuck's going on. They don't you know? play a role in foreign politics, foreign policy. Like you guys have no role. Like that's just a, that is an absurd report. 
this idea that like, yeah, they carefully combed through these these security briefs based on their positions on, you know, the intelligence committee or the, you know, the judiciary or the it's like suck a dick. Come on, man. Nobody believes that <laughs> shit. The average congressperson ain't thinking about national security. Are you yeah. kidding me, man? Well, they that, don't, that, are they like, like pretend they do? Like they like to cosplay that they're fucking, you know, getting the briefings and then they're getting oh, the thing please. and they're the fucking, they don't give a shit about, like, Please. what some congressperson thinks. That's yeah. crazy. That is, that like, that is absolutely crazy. Like, they have, they will no influence in that area. You know, if anything, yeah. they just rubber stamp what people from the national security sort of apparatus tell them to do. Like, they don't have any fucking discernment. That's crazy. Um yeah. Anyway, man, I'm sure like as if you if you watching the news, if you open up Washington Post or New York Times today, this is what they're all obsessed with right now. So I figured we'd talk about it. But man, I needed to get into this Greg Berhalter story because Nando, this is this is up there, man. This this is yeah. not quite Benzema blackmailing and extorting his <laughs> teammate, but this is quite salacious. So Let's bring it back, right? Um, let, let, let's bring it all the way back to the World Cup where Gio Reyna, who most people thought was like the best guy on the freaking U.S. men's national team, is benched, not getting playing time. Nobody understands what's going on. They don't know if he's hurt, if he's out of shape. But the deal is he's not playing. Finally, reports come out after the World Cup it's basically like Nando. He didn't play at first, and he started sulking. He started dogging it in practice. He just wasn't working as hard as the group, and it became such a nasty situation that his teammates were explaining to the coach, like, you can't put that guy in. You know, like, we actually bust our ass every day. We know the work that we put in to get to the World Cup, to put ourselves in this position. We People got left home who bust their ass to be here. And this guy, he doesn't just come to come to get to come here and think he's entitled to minutes and hot dog it. And so, you know, the coach essentially benched him at the behest of the players. Okay, the players were behind this decision. Okay, and to me, that's the best freaking discipline or coaching that can happen when it's done amongst the peers, amongst the players. Okay, cool. Burhalter goes to some leadership summit. You know, he's bragging about how tough he was on a certain player out there. He claims to think it was going to stay private, whatever. Um, And it gets out and people are pissed off. It's just like, yo, we handled this in-house. Why are you sharing this with people? This shit is becoming public. Now you're embarrassing, dude. Now the punishment for the guy who hot-dogged it, Reyna, over there, is extending past By what way, it needs to It's important to point out Reyna is 19 years old. Yes, he's a child. He's a fucking kid. He's you know? a child, okay? Yeah. That is extremely important to point out. So he learned his lesson. He'll be at the next World Cup because it's in North America. Anyway, we don't even have to qualify for this shit. Yeah. <laughs> he will definitely be at the next World Cup. <laughs> it's going to be great, right? Like, he'll learn, have learned a lesson. It's going to be great. And so it gets out that this dude is talking smack about how tough of a coach he is and how he put his foot down and all of that. And, Nando, I would like for you to take over as to... What has happened subsequently, 
since then because this is just soap opera shit. This is like watching That's Gossip it. Girl at the OC or something. Yeah. So um, it basically it came out that um, at first it seemed like Claudio Reyna, who is Gio Reyna's father and one of the best American players to ever play, right? Like he was the one of the first kind of like really good American players, if that makes sense. Wow. You know, he played okay. in Europe for a little bit and. You know, he was the captain of the 2002 team that you know made it to the quarterfinals, the best ever finished for the World Cup. Music is stud, you know. Um, and he, he and, and by the way, also worth pointing out, childhood friends with Greg Berhalter, the coach. So Claudio Reyna, <laughs> Gio's father, is came up in New Jersey soccer. They were on the same fucking club team as as the coach Greg Berhalter. <laughs> Claudio Reyna's father. I think was the coach of the club team when they were on it together. Wow. Okay, so they go oh fucking way back. Okay, they married Greg Berhalter and Claudia Reyna married two women who were college roommates at UNC and played on the soccer team. Okay, of course. Um, so these these people are close, close. Okay, this is, this and they is, and their wives are close. Yes, their wives yes. are very close. They were col- the wives were college roommates. Okay, um, and and we're teammates on the soccer team and shit. <laughs> Claudio Reyna. So it seemed like at first it seemed like it was Claudio Reyna. Now it looks like it was Danielle Reyna, or at least that's the officials. That's what the Reynas are mm-hmm. saying. That they informed uh, the leadership of, of U.S. soccer that back when uh, in college in 1991, Greg Berhalter uh, assaulted. Um, his, his wife, his now his wife, now wife. his yeah. then girlfriend. His yep. His then girlfriend. Um, <laughs> 1991. We're not making light was... of domestic violence or any no. of that stuff. But they, he was 18 years old and all of that stuff. And so what, what's come out is that, and this is the official version from, yeah. you know, Gio Reyna's mom. Like, Danielle Reyna basically is, this is official. She's saying... Because my son was having a poor World Cup experience and it was at the hands of this coach who is not some stranger, a guy who I've known since I'm 18, 17, whatever years old, I informed the management, the powers that be at um, U.S. Men's Soccer that he once had a domestic disturbance issue with his now wife when he was 18. I just thought they should know this. (laughs) because her son didn't get no burn in the world cup yeah i mean it's um the um you know i can see the thought process i mean outside of like the just the pure kind of revenge i can see the thought process like oh you think my 19 year old kid is being a bit of a punk you know like what were you like when you were fucking that age you know what i mean like you know like you know like you don't have any you don't have any leeway for like a you know a 19 year old being a little bit of a punk especially one who's been like one of the most talented players of his generation for or maybe one of the most talented american soccer players ever since he was a fucking kid his father was on the fucking team you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like yeah that kid's gonna be a fucking punk i mean you and i played sports you know there was always like that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. who was just like supernaturally talented talented just entitlement it's just pure entitlement then you add the gen z aspect to it oh lord have mercy god almighty yeah yeah yeah. um (laughs) you know i before any of this kind of went down i i thought like hold on one more thing one more thing one more thing burr halter put out a statement saying yo 
People running a smear campaign against me. I'm going to come out and tell you what happened. You know, it was 30 years ago. We get, we drunkenly got into a fight at the bar. He says that um, he kicked her in her leg. No police were called, whatever. They made up. Seven months later, they got together. They've since married. They've been together for 30 years. They've got kids, all of that. You know, we we grew stronger out of the situation, whatever. People trying to black bail me, smear my name. He comes out with that statement. Danielle rebuttals yeah, <laughs> and fake. says, well, actually... That yeah. was my roommate. He's downplaying the extent of the abuse and the trauma he caused. I was the one who healed her and helped healed her afterwards. This guy's full of crap. He actually really did a number on. I was like, boy, this is crazy. <laughs> it's insane. No, it's wild. like I, I honestly like my 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 before I knew any of the inner workings or whatever. And you always have to wait to see this, but like. My thought was, like, watching the U.S. play in the World Cup, you know, the U.S. isn't, like, a fucking stacked-ass team. No. You know, I always, find, I always find that if a coach can't find a way to get his best players on the field working together, you know, and playing well and maximizing the limited talent pool that you have, which the U.S. does have an extreme. So, like, yeah, Brazil fucking loses whatever. They could get yeah. some other guy who's fucking yeah. amazing. You know what I mean? Right. Um, it would be like an Argentina. I mean, it's not this quite the same thing because Gio Reyna is nowhere near as good as. It, but like, imagine if some some Argentina coach just had a problem with Messi. Right. You know, like just to put an exaggerated. Or example, not like, even. Or who's even gonna, like who's gonna, Di Maria. Like yeah, Di Maria. you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. a big, big part of the team. <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, I was thinking like, man, the fact that I mean, the fact that Burl, Burl, Gio Reyna, you know played only 50 minutes or something in, in four games uh, during this World Cup with a very limited attack. Like, the U.S., one of the biggest problems the U.S. had was, like, they just didn't have a lot yeah. of good forwards, you know? Yep. And Girena is a forward. and can make things happen. and can score goals and can make shit happen. You know, that's an indictment on the coach. You know, like, I'm right. sorry. Like, and, and the U.S. side has to find a way to get Gio Reyna to play because he's just so much better than, like, his replacement guy, you know? Mm -hmm. Um... <laughs> Man, seeing all this, you know, I wonder if like the Reyna family has just raised like, or there's they're just like kind of like psycho soccer moms, you know what I mean? Yeah, that, that have like, that way. you know, and like in a way, sometimes that kind of thing like does create a great like it does kind of make a, a child kind of psychotically focused on soccer that'll then make them better, you know what I mean? But but it does feel like maybe maybe like uh, no the like middle manager you know, like, the way the way he is Burhalter. Let's face it, that's what coaches are. They're middle management, and you know this guy, this kid who is clearly more important than you on the peck in the pecking order of the organization, yeah. but you have authority, and then it's like his parents are like. Like, they, this is what they did, you know, behind the scenes. You can only imagine the kind of conversations or voice messages or emails or text messages that might have been exchanged. You know, secondhand convos that might have happened. Like, you can't even imagine what these people have done outside of this. And, you know, who knows what the players are privy to and all of that. And to me, again, that's the most important. Like, the players who... I think a lot of people don't understand um, this aspect of professional sports. There's a sort of separation of church and state that goes on in the sense that the coaches are their own entity. They're like a separate division of the company.
you know, the, the players are their own company, division, whatever you want to call, and coaching and management, like, there's something else. They're other. They're them, yeah. you know. And so for the players to look at a disciplinary action against one of their own and be like, no, it's justified, and decide with management and coaching, like, that takes a lot. They, the players don't come to that. Easily. That's not how locker rooms are structured. Like these guys really look at it as like, yo, we're part of essentially a brotherhood, a fraternity, damn near fraternal order. And those other cats who don't go out there and do what we do, put the blood, sweat and tears on the field. They're them. And so, like, I don't think that could be discounted. Like, Burhalter might have wanted to be some fake hard rock, but like the players were behind him. Like, that's what's totally. You know, totally. I think the the the, the Burl, Burl Harter saying that shit at the fucking I can't even say his fucking name. Um, saying that shit at the leadership conference is one of the stupidest things I can imagine. Dumb. I can remember a coach doing. That's fucking naivete. Like, oh yeah, I was officially off the record. You're at an event, okay? You're yeah. speaking to you're speaking in public. You know what I mean? Like this is the fucking social media era. You know, people have fucking phones. People are recording shit. People are taking pictures. Like yeah. to think that that's not going to be a public thing. First of all, you shouldn't even say it outside of like your very trusted circle of like your family and maybe like your right. staff and things like that. Mm-hmm. Like you shouldn't be bad mouthing your, especially like a player with that a kind of very stature. important player. Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you really should not be doing that because that undermines. I mean, because then the play, the teammates don't like that either. You know what I mean? Like they don't like as as shitty as Gio may have been, and as, as pissed off as his teammates may have been at him. Like to see their coach publicly trashing a player and questioning his effort, no. and you know, saying, hey, saying they're saying pissed. they were they were pissed about that. They they you were know? not happy. So like to me that that shit that he did at the symposium or whatever is a fireball offense. And then <laughs> you know, because this story refuses to not get better. His contract was up on the 31st of December. He will not be the coach the next time the team gathers. They're gathering this month for something. I can't remember. I read it somewhere. Um, And, yeah, he will not be the manager, uh, head coach at that gathering, bros. (laughs) It's It's just a mess. (laughs) And, you know, as my buddy said, um, this is why we cannot have – Nice things. Oh, okay. So breaking. It says U.S. soccer announced that Anthony Hudson will serve as U.S. men's national team head coach for January camp. So there's a camp that they're going to gather for. I'm sure this will be like the first time that everybody gets together since World Cup. Debrief, talk about what they want to accomplish for the year and all of that. And he's not going to be the head coach there. Um, I don't see how this guy comes back, Nando, after this. Oh, I don't think so either. He can't. Because the kid is 19. He's not like Ronaldo where it's like his last cup, his last go round with the team. Like he's going to be part of the team for the next decade. And so the the relation, this is, this is, this is a level of toxicity that just can't be fixed. There's, there's nothing to fix here. This is done. No. And yeah, I mean, it's, and it's, again, like I said, when, when you have a sort of such a limited talent pool, you have to do everything possible to, to, fix the Gio Reyna situation. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. as, sorry, he's a fucking 19-year-old punk. He's better. Yeah. He's good. 
Yeah, that's that's fucking goals. We gotta do. You know, we gotta do. We gotta do. We gotta do. Is this a true story? I remember, like, am I ever misremembering this? Like when Tony Parker like slept with his teammate's wife and they traded the teammate. Well, this <laughs> isn't. Know? This isn't. Um, I no, I don't think allegedly. He Allegedly. he got with Brent Barry's wife, but I don't think Brent Barry got traded. No, that's that's rumor and innuendo, and we don't know that that's actually true or not. Well, I think it's I, my job but like to if it were that. true, it would yes, be a logical no, he, decision. Yeah, but Tony Parker did not. If it were true, he was not removed from the team. No, he was. Uh, no, no, he probably, would be Brent Barry would be removed. Right, exactly. Brent, um, if, yeah, my point if is that Brent Barry probably would get, at would that get. time. If he wasn't the best player, Tim. If Tim was still the best player, he was right behind him. Second best player yeah. on the team at the time. That just wasn't gonna happen. And and to be honest, we see we see exceptions get made for the best guys in sports all the time. Um, and again, this isn't this is like Gio Reno was just he just behaved like a punk. He didn't yeah. do anything messed up. He just was a, a dumb 19-year-old. And so that is what it is. But yeah, we'll be monitoring that. Um Premier League is back. Man City smoked um, their first opponent. I don't even remember who they played. It was three zip, and then they somehow managed to tie Everton. Just an embarrassing. Dude, Arsenal, though. Arsenal is like, I mean, if Arsenal pulls off this league against the Man City juggernaut, it'll be a pretty impressive. Very uh, impressive. Achievement. I fucking Very can't impressive. mark There's enough, there's enough time Madrid. for Arsenal to blow it. Don't worry. Oh, no, of course. But that kid fucking Martin Odegaard. Uh, Holland's teammate from Norway. They're both, yeah. like these kids are gonna. I mean, that team. Um, Madrid sold. He he. Madrid bought him when he was a child. When he was sixteen, he was like he came up through the Madrid ranks. Wow, and they I did not know. Sold that. him for yeah. They sold him for Maybe. fucking peanuts to 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 Arsenal. Uh, a little bit because of like the Gio Reyna situation that he was. I think it was last year or the year before. No, it was the year before. Um, he he was on the team. He was on the Madrid team. And he wasn't starting because like they got Modric and they got Cruz and whatever, and he was like not reacting to that great. And Madrid fucking sold him. Um, <laughs> and now I'm like, man, shit, you know, like, he's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I'm I'm happy for Arsenal. Um, their fans are, are really happy. I know a lot of them are very tortured people, but you know they're playing over their heads and, and killing it. I'm just happy that Premier League is back and. Uh, yeah, we could do it. But yeah, that's our show for today. Want to thank everybody again for their support throughout the year. Looking forward to this new year. Uh, become a Patreon at patreon.com backslash count the dings. That's a couple Starbucks per month in order to do so. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. We're out of here.